Welcome to the Innovate CT Podcast. Thrilled to be back uh, recording another episode of the Innovate CT Podcast. Had a little bit of a summer hiatus. Uh, haven't done one of these podcast sessions since July, so excited to uh, bring you another episode. And we have a great opportunity to interview two amazing women, Caroline Smith and Margaret Lee, the co-directors of Collab and Accelerator in New Haven, Connecticut. I'm going to let both of you introduce yourselves and then share with our listeners a little about what is Collab, where is it located, and what are you guys trying to do with this awesome project? Sure. Uh, Hey, guys, this is Caroline. First of all, Nick, thank you so much for inviting us to be on this podcast. Um, Maybe we can start with just a little bit of background on us. So Margaret, who is the other co-founder of Collab, um, and I both share a lot of similarities. We're both originally from Kentucky. I'm from Lexington. She's from Louisville. Big basketball fans. Um, I'm half Korean. She's full <laughs> Korean. We both graduated from Yale about four years ago. And both of us, in, for different reasons in different ways, uh, completely fell in love with New Haven. And we're lucky enough to be able to stay here, uh, build a stake here, and build something for the city that we love. Um, and we, when we first met, we originally really bonded over um, how to bring the Yale and New Haven entrepreneurship ecosystems together. So I was working at the Yale Entrepreneurial Institute, which is now called the Sci Center for Innovative Thinking at Yale. And Caroline was a sort of a community organizer and was working at C-ClickFix, the tech startup in New Haven. And so we put our heads together and we were like, let's create a space where uh, New Haven residents and Yale students can come together, work on problems together. Um, so we created a, a, an event series, basically, that we ran for about a year, um, where we were helping um, individuals and ourselves build relationships with one another um, with the hopes of creating more spaces for people to build stuff together and know each other's names. Um, that was our main goal. And, by do- and from doing that for a year, we saw that there were incredible people um, in New Haven from all over the area with amazing ideas that deserve to be nurtured and supported. Um, And so given that, we sort of looked at the entrepreneurship pipeline, the support pipeline here in New Haven, and we found somewhat of a gap in the very middle. We found a lot of high-level education, early stage, in the form of workshops and things like that. And then we found a lot of later stage capital that was accessible to people who had done a lot of work on their business. But when an entrepreneur just has an idea and they're just starting off, um, there wasn't a lot of um, sort of structured programming and support. And we also saw that we needed to make those resources more accessible, right? So we talked to a bunch of entrepreneurs in the beginning, you know, why haven't you been a part of these programs before? Why aren't you sort of taking the steps um, to access these resources? And we identified that there are a lot of psychological and logistical and financial barriers to entrepreneurship in the city. Um, So we, we knew that we needed to create a program that was sort of operationalizing inclusivity and making sure that everybody could be a part of them. And lastly, you know, we sort of looked at the general strategy of entrepreneurship support and economic development. We saw um, a lot of um, strategies around sort of bringing talent in to Connecticut from out of state or bringing out of state corporations here um, to create jobs. Um, And we thought those strategies were great, but potentially incomplete. And we wanted to sort of invest in the talent that's already here, um, that already call um, Connecticut home and, and sort of give them the resources and the energy to build something um, from the ground up. And so Collab is an accelerator um, for Connecticut entrepreneurs, and we do three main things, and they form a funnel all centering uh, this mission that we have of making entrepreneurship accessible. So 
we do events, um, and these events highlight and center the themes that matter to the entrepreneurs we serve, things like women and mothers in entrepreneurship, immigrants in entrepreneurship, youth in entrepreneurship, faith in entrepreneurship. And then right below, we have our office hours program where we sit down one-on-one -on -one with any entrepreneur that comes our way about their venture, but also about them. And we have a partnership with the New Haven Free Public Library to do in-person office hours there twice per week. And then finally, at the bottom of the funnel, we have our fellowship program, which is a 10-week program that provides $1,000 of funding um, uh, compared with a mentor, free co-working space, pro bono services, uh, all ending in a pitch day. And in addition, we provide childcare, transportation, interpretation services to make sure every single entrepreneur is supported by us um, along the way. And it's been a fantastic year. We've been about full-time. We've been working on some version of this for the past three or so years, but been full-time since um, October. So it's almost coming mm -hmm. up on a year and it's been, uh, it's been just a blast. Yeah, so fun. So first, I want to say thank you to both of you uh, for what you're doing for Connecticut. I, I know we've we've spoken many times before this podcast, and you know that I am a lifelong Connecticut resident. I started Innovate Connecticut to really promote innovation in the education space. And wh what you guys are doing is obviously fantastic for the state. And it's it's just really cool to see two um, very successful women from Kentucky come to Connecticut <laughs> go to Yale, not knowing each other before we even went there. Right. Yeah. Uh, meeting and, you know, you know, obviously becoming friends and now business partners and co-founders uh, and, you know, what you're, what you're doing, like you might not realize like how impactful your what you're doing is for Connecticut, but I can assure you it is. And I think you should both be proud because I'm sure there are women, younger women that look up to both of you, like be like, wow, I want to be like Margaret and Caroline one day. Uh, because of what you guys are doing. So I just want to say thank you because I always want to make sure like everyone I talk to on this podcast, I mean, we, I picked the people that are on here because I think you guys are doing great things for the state and innovation and education. So I want to make sure I, I highlight that. Um, I just, you know, I wish there was, we need, you know, like Connecticut needs tens of thousands more of both of you um, who come to the state, fall in love with it because they go to college here and then stay and do great things. I mean, I wish we could like find a bunch of you guys and, and, and kind of replicate that because um, you're exactly what our state needs because not only are you um, both millennials, it's my guess, probably not Gen Z, probably millennial, but you're also, you know, extremely intelligent, extremely motivated and very community focused, which I think is great. So I, I love the, the mission of collab. Um, and for everyone listening, we will absolutely put the link to, um, collab in the uh, show notes and the description of the podcast. So uh, everyone will have access to go visit uh, your website and you guys are on all different sorts of social media. I think that's where I originally found you. I know you're on Twitter. You're both on LinkedIn. I believe um, you're on uh, Facebook as well, correct? Yes. Awesome. So, so I have a couple of follow-up questions. I appreciate you, you know, with the, doing the introductions. You, you mentioned that this started out really as an event series and it kind of morphed into what you guys are doing today. Talk to me about, you know, how how did that how did that journey kind of kind of happen? And one other question I had I wanted to ask both of you is what you rattled off and what you offer people, especially like the childcare and the transportation. How do you pay for all this? Like, where's your funding come from? Sure. So I can take the I can maybe take the first question. Um, I um. I think a couple a couple of ways of answering that question about how it started. Um, I think maybe two thoughts. One is that 
I think that one of the things that has made a uh, collab so exciting for us, and also I think what's made us as successful as you know we are right now, um, is always centering our values in the work that we do. Um, and so a value that we've always had um, is that um, genius and innovation comes from diversity, comes from intersections. Um, and we were really, really excited um, in creating that event series of creating these collision spaces where um, Gail freshmen and New Haven, lifelong New Haven residents could meet, look each other in the eye and come up with solutions on mutual ground. Um, I, I remember early on, and this still remains a dream that we have is um, imagine a case where Yale students and New Haven residents could build ventures together. There are already cases of that. Fix is a really good example of that. And I think what excites us about that is, isn't that indicative of the success of a healthy relationship between Yale and New Haven that people could form that sort of intimate bond? I mean, other bonds like that exist, like friendships, romantic relationships. In fact, for me, the, one of the main reasons why I started getting connected to New Haven is because I fell in love with someone who had grown up um, their entire life here um, in New Haven. Um, and we wanted to create more spaces like that. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's built into a lot of the values we've centered with Collab. And I think by centering our why, um, um, that has always, you know, brought us up when we've hit low points and also brought us down when we've gotten really high up um, and excited. Um, and so I think that's just a sort of central core value. And, th that, that I, and I think about that a lot when I think about how we started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in terms of the event series that we ran, it was basically we were taking um, sort of a framework called human centered design. Um, and we didn't use that term, but we sort of like borrowed a lot of the tenants from that process. And we applied it to um, sort of community problems as identified by organizations sort of doing the work on the ground on both the Yale side and the New Haven side. And we had the room sort of break out into groups, um, take their sticky notes and sort of like uh, workshop potential solutions to these challenges. Um, and what we saw from that is amazing ideas. You know what I mean? Like uh, these ideas that could help these organizations um, face some of these challenge challenges for sure, but also like ideas that could potentially stand on their own as their own projects or potentially their own nonprofits or businesses. Um, and a lot of the people coming to these events were sort of coming up to us after the event being like, this was a great two hour event. I feel great about this. I, I want to do more. Like what's next? Like, what do, what do you guys have for me now? Um, and a lot of them were excited to build their own uh, projects, build something here. Um, and so we wanted to create something to support them. And to, to, to go to your second question um, about how we're funding this. So right now, we are funded by uh, the state of Connecticut through CT Next, so through a grant called Innovation Places, um, and a, a sort of a unifying body here in New Haven called the Elm City Innovation Collaborative, and um, it's been a really amazing sort of experience and process, sort of working through that. Um, and uh, we we've been so grateful to be able to sort of pilot this program. And right now we're sort of thinking a little bit lot more long term about that. And in terms of funding specifically, things like child care and transportation and interpretation. Um, it's interesting, right? Like when we first started off and we um, were talking to entrepreneurs about what they needed, a lot of them were saying like, I can't make it to a seven o'clock event because I have a kid or 
I can't make it at all because it's hard for me to afford childcare or I don't have a car. Like, I don't know how to get to downtown or, you know, the bus system is unreliable. I guess sometimes I'm going to be late, et cetera. So we heard all these, all this feedback and we were like, all right, how do we remove as many of these barriers as possible? And we were like, you know what, we just have to prioritize that. That just has to be a part of the budget. So, you know, when we um, got the funding from the state, we were like, all right, some part of this is without question going to these wraparound services because that's the point for us of doing something like this is making these resources and this kind of education accessible to people who historically have not been um, had access um, to that and what's interesting is like it's not that expensive you know like it's not that hard um, it's it's we think every organization and every program um, if they want to prioritize inclusivity can and should include this as a line item or you know a few line items in their budget um, and for us it's just a matter of prioritizing it thinking about it putting it in there um, and implementing it I would add just one more thought um, just to your like really, really generous um, statement, Nick, about how you know, you'd love to see more of us, um, more kind of Yale students or folks like coming um, to Connecticut. I, I think you're right. And I think I have sort of two thoughts on that. One is that one of our core philosophies is that those people already exist in Connecticut and it's about investing in those folks um, uh, like financially, um, programmatically, um, through education, which is I know one of your priorities. And so I think one thought is like, hey, they're already here. And then two, I think something that's always excited us on a professional but also a personal level is uh, what does it mean for um, more people to stay here um, in Connecticut? Um, in 2016, um, only 2% of the uh, Yale graduating undergraduate class um, stayed in New Haven for a non-Yale affiliated uh, position, so not for grad school or not for a Yale job, right. which is incredibly, incredibly low. Imagine if it was 5%. Imagine it was 5% in a way that was healthy and robust for the city of New Haven that didn't push anyone out. How could that change a city? I think, I think it'd be really tremendous. Well, I, mean, I think if, no, I think that's well said. And I think if you look at, you know, I went to UConn um, and, you know, I think it's, I think the latest freshman incoming class for UConn, it's like 74% are from Connecticut. That's not the case with Yale. Yale pulls students from globally, right? All over the world. Right. I mean, it's one of, it's one of the top universities in, you know, in the world. Everyone knows that. Uh, so I think you're 100% right. How could we – Yale's attracting, and this is a compliment to both of you, some of the brightest minds you know, across the world. How do we keep more of those bright minds here in Connecticut, whether it be New Haven or another, another, another city or town within the state? So I think, I think that's well said, and, and I don't really know um, – I, I personally don't know what, New ha what Yale and New Haven are, are doing to try to make that happen, but I, I love to hear that the, you know, both of you are focused on that. I want to I pause, though, and go back to – a little bit more about about the program that you guys started. So, it's funded by um, the Innovation Places Initiative. And for those of the, those of those of you listening that don't know what the Innovation Places Initiative is, um, just real quick, there's Innovation Places is a, uh, a statewide program with with Connecticut. Uh, there's four um, different municipalities that were funded as part of the Innovation Places Initiative. New Haven being one, which which we just mentioned, Hartford, Stanford, and then New London. And there's a different um, there's a different person overseeing each of those innovation in places initiatives and under those initiatives, there are different um, projects and um, I would say events and uh, initiatives going on to help innovation in the state. So you guys are a part of that, which I think is fantastic. Uh, and I think you guys uh, as part of 
um, the Innovation Places Initiative. I think it's, I believe it's a three-year, originally a three-year program, right? I think they're going into year two. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's cool. I did, I did not know that the logistics of that, but I wanted to ask a question um, based off one comment you made. So the transportation and the, the, the childcare and the making this accessible, entrepreneurship accessible, this model, has this been done anywhere else in the U S or are you guys really on the forefront of this? It's definitely, it's definitely being done in different cities. Um, some examples that pop up to mind is um, E for all, um, an organization in Massachusetts, um, the Kauffman foundation has been prioritizing inclusive entrepreneurship. Um, I, th I, I believe it is, um, it, it, I guess it feels like, um, something that's increasingly a priority. It hasn't always been a priority. Um, and I think there's an increasing amount of organizations that are interested in funding or partnering, um, or promoting this kind of work. Um, so I guess I would say, yes, there are different models. In fact, that was one of the sort of exciting parts of the beginning was talking to organizations like Propeller or e about their models um, in different places, uh, new Propellers in New Orleans, e in Massachusetts, um, and can kind of comparing notes on different strategies for creating um, inclu inclusive programming. You know, that, that's very cool. I, I, I had never heard of that model before. So you guys obviously have done the research. So that's why I wanted to make sure I asked the question. So, uh, so switching gears a little bit, Thanks for, for giving us and, and all the listeners a little bit of the history on, you know, your initiative and, and what you guys are doing. What would be, um, give me, give me an example of a success story. I know it hasn't even been a year yet, but what is, what is, uh, some, something that you guys are really proud of, um, from everything you've, you've done and started here that you'd want to highlight to our listeners? You mean in terms of the ventures that have been through, through our program? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, exactly. In uh, terms of, in terms of the, uh, some of the companies or, nonprofits that have that have come out of of, of a collab yeah um there are a few that come to mind um so one is called lotus leaf therapeutics um so julie robbins is um amazing she's an amazing woman she's a prenatal massage therapist she um you know she has her sort of massage table and anytime a pregnant woman would lie, lie, lay there she would be like oh i wish i had this at home I'm having so much trouble sleeping and I think something like 70% of pregnant women have trouble sleeping. Um, and so she created a pillow system um, that helps women sleep. And I, I believe she sold, you know, 200 units or so, so far. Um, and we love this idea of a woman and a mother making something for, for women and, and for mothers. Um, so we always point to her as, as just an inspiring story, somebody who um, uh, like we can see this being, so huge um and we, and we love the work that she's doing um and so many others yeah another example is um uh, pascal's body care which is uh run by shade um and she um basically pascal's is a, a series of body butters and lip balms um that um, are inspired by and for black women um and uh, Shadi is in incredible because, um, you know, she's a social justice educator at Quinnipiac University, um, and she started making these body butters for herself um, and for her friends and family. Um, she never saw herself as an entrepreneur. Her, her mom started selling uh, her products at her workplace um, and started promoting her. And, and started... Now that's, that's a great mom right there. That's awesome. <laughs> Incredible mom. Exactly. World-class mom. Um, and, uh, you know, Sade applied to our program and by the end, you know, of the six weeks, we, um, 
we were on a one-on-one with her and you know we talked about what if pascal's body care went nationwide right like what if what could this look like at scale um and to see Sade like builds in confidence throughout those six weeks and saying, hey, not only am I, am I an entrepreneur, but also I'm an entrepreneur who can create something that affects thousands of people, inspires thousands of black women and women everywhere to um, prioritize self-care in a way that's affordable and accessible. It was, was really inspiring for us. Um, and I think was just very motivating for us to continue doing um, our work. Yeah, and just to like rattle off a few other real real favorites of ours, as well as ones that have seen a lot of success. Coat Smash, um, they're a summer camp for young um, kids that uh, they, they teach uh, software programming and coding, but also social and emotional intel- uh, learning. Um, we love that combination. Two amazing women, Katie and Summer, leading that um, initiative. They had their first sort of camp sessions this summer, um, and they're just killing it. Another one, New Haven Counts, another sort of summer program, after-school program, um, basically uh, teaching math skills with the hope of helping kids in New Haven sort of build wealth and and pave a pathway for home ownership. Um, other ones, uh, Home Cooked, uh, is uh, three really passionate young guys working on an app that allows people to find, um, uh, to have really amazing social dining experiences and the intimacy of a chef or um, a sort of a home cook's uh, own sort of home and with the hope of creating space for uh, meeting new people, engaging um, and and sort of their goal is to end loneliness and they've been doing so well. They just raised like $50,000. We're really proud of them as well. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, so no, thank, thanks for sharing a couple of success stories. I think, I think that people like to hear that. I think it makes it real. Uh, so I, you know, I, I, you know, look, I think I connected with both of you guys on LinkedIn quite a, quite a long time ago. And I wanted to ask both of you this question. So where did this, this entrepreneur bug for both of you come from? Because I can't imagine what your parents said when you were like, <laughs> yeah, we went to, we went to one of the top, probably, you know, top schools, colleges, universities, globally, Yale. Um, and we're not going to go work on Wall Street. We're not going to go work in Silicon Valley. You know, we're not going to go work for one of the big four consulting firms. We're going to stay in New Haven and start an accelerator. Um, how did that go with your parents? I'd love to hear that answer. <laughs> and where did this this idea to be an entrepreneur come from? Because, um, you, you know, I, I was looking at both of your, your backgrounds. Like you guys both, worked in other companies, you both did internships, uh, you both had other experiences. Uh, you know, how, how did you end up where you are? Um, that I, was a long question. I'm no, sorry. I mean, that's a, I love that question. Um, I'll start with the, the sort of last part and then end with, end with my parents. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, it's always been about New Haven for me. It's always been about this place. Uh, you know, as I was saying earlier, I, fell in love with New Haven so fast when I came here, um, in part because of that relationship and then and then friendships. And this became the place that I wanted to build something. I um, Elizabeth Warren, who's one of my personal heroes, says, you know, you don't win what you don't fight for. Um, and for me, the basis of fighting for something is love, is um, that I wanted to um, 
uh, I wanted to continually build things for the people that I love um, who will be affected every day um, by the decisions that I make. Um, and so it's always been about New Haven for me. I don't think it's necessarily always been about building something in New Haven, although I've always loved building stuff. My, my parents are educators. Um, none of my background or my families are entrepreneurs. Um, I, um, but I think, I think when I met, you know, before I met Margaret, I had built something. I built this thing called New Haven Bike Month, which is an organization that promotes uh, uh, bicycle justice um, through neighborhood empowerment. Uh, but I think as soon as I met Margaret and, you know, something that I always love talking about when I talk about collab is Margaret is talking about our relationship, is talking about how central that's been to us building collab, um, the highs, the lows, the laughs, uh, the tears. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that pretty much immediately, Margaret and I are definitely, definitely were friends, but we when as soon as we connected, we met at the Yale Entrepreneurial Bazaar. She was behind a table and, <laughs> and I, went, ah, I know you. Um, we immediately started building collab. Um, that was the first meeting we ever had was building collab. Mm -hmm. So it's always been about building something together. And so I think a sort of central core part of collab and a central core part of the value of building something has been building it with her. Yeah. Um, and then with regards to my parents, they, my parents are awesome. So my mom is a, a tiny little Korean lady um, <laughs> who is, uh, you know, they're both uh, my, well, my dad is a I don't know, shorter, shorter white guy. Um, <laughs> don't want to call him tiny, um, but, but, you know, uh, and they're both really fascinating because, you know, my, my, uh, I used to run uh, track and field and, and cross country pretty intensely. And um, their responses to things are, you know, my dad's very reticent, very quiet. I'd run past him. He wouldn't cheer. He was very into it, but he wouldn't cheer. My mom would be sprinting next to me and <laughs> the officials would have to say, you have to stop. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's I think that's represented in in how they you know are so incredibly supportive of mm. of my work. Uh, just my mom loudly cheering, bunch of exclamation points. If we have like a news article or if I send her this podcast, she's going to be saying so proud, you know. Uh, well, my dad, you know, says good job, Liney, which is what he calls me. Um, so yeah, they've been incredibly um, proud and, and supportive. And my um, and my and my sister Rosanna, who's uh, four years older than me, is um, is also just uh, just such an advocate and um, such a support system for me. Very cool. All right, Margaret, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, echoing sort of what Caroline was saying about our relationship and sort of how that's been so central to building collab. And yeah, I I, I never thought I would be building something. I never thought I would you know, yeah, this is not something that I expected. I think I, I sort of stumbled into it with Caroline, right? Because we were sort of running this event series while doing other work and, and we saw a need and we were like, let's do it. This feels like something that we could potentially, you know, really provide um, based on the work that we were doing, based on what we were hearing from the people that we were interacting with. Um, and so it always came from a place of like, look, there's a gap. Can we, are we well suited to fit mm. it, fill it? And, you know, we had to find that out. You know, we had to mm. think like, all right, there's this gap. Can we do it? And is there demand for what we're providing? And we, in the past year, we've really proven that out. So, um, and Mark and Margaret, just to interrupt you quickly. I mean, you are working at the, the Entrepreneurial Institute at Yale. So yeah. you were already kind of in that, the ecosystem or that world. Totally. Um, so I think that that probably helped at least, you know, that was kind of like your start almost, it sounds like. And that kind of led into, in, into, into collab. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, while I was there and, and I worked with dozens and dozens and dozens of sort of student and faculty ventures at Yale and um, my favorite part of my job then and my favorite part of my job now is really connecting with entrepreneurs. Um, these are people who are working 
so hard day in, day out, putting all of their heart and soul into what they're doing. Um, it, it inspires me to work with them. And my best days are when I get to really connect with them on a heart to heart level. When I say like, oh, let's talk about your business, but also how are you? You know, like, how are you doing? Like what, what's happening in your life that's preventing you from taking this X, Y, Z action? Like, how are you feeling about that meeting? Like, did that, did that feel good? Did not? Like, those are the things that I love talking to people about. And I, I feel like I'm in the business of empowering people and like helping them see um, their own potential and, and dig into the, their own reserves to create something for themselves and their families and their communities. And I am just continually inspired by them and always, always powered by, by those stories and, and um, sort of what our entrepreneurs are able to accomplish. And so for me, it's, you know, it was like Caroline, it wasn't always about like, Let, I want to build something. But like, it was just like, I was making relationships with folks who I felt like deserved more resources. And I wanted to be the conduit to provide those resources. And, you know, my parents, you know, Korean immigrants uh, have been telling me to go to law school since I was nine. Um, <laughs> they have not stopped telling me to go to law school. I have not taken any steps to go to law school. But ultimately, what they care about is that I'm fulfilled, that I'm happy and safe. Um, and I am all of those things. And I, I, I don't think they could be any prouder. Well, I mean, I think anything. It's really important to have support of your your family and friends when you're doing something like this because it is it is a non traditional route what you guys did. I mean, it's it's not. It would have been a lot easier for both of you to go get a job right after you were done with Yale, but you didn't, and and you 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 did build something which I think is fantastic. So I want to I want to end with one last question. You're approaching your one year mark uh, of, of collab in October. You mentioned um, what is next over you know the next year. Or, or three years out? Where, where do you see this going? Yeah, that's a great question. We've been thinking a lot about this this summer. Um, after doing two cohorts in the winter and the spring, we've sort of taken the summer to think about like, all right, where are we headed next, right? Like in the past year, we've proven that there is demand for these resources. We've seen incredible numbers of entrepreneurs seek out our support. Um, and we've, you know, I we feel like we've proven that we are well suited to fill that need right now. Um, and so moving forward, we want to do a few things. Um, we like to think about economic development um, and how we help it become wider, deeper, and truer. And what we mean by that is um, by wider, we mean that the resources around entrepreneurship and economic development can and should be spread wider. There should be more resources for more people. Accessibility is always going to be at the heart of what we do. Um, and we always want um, the energy and resources around innovation to go to as many different people from as many different backgrounds as possible. So just doing more, right? Like more entrepreneurs, like from a wider geographic area, more resources for them, whether it's financial or otherwise. Um, so that's always a, a focus as well. And then for you know, deeper, we think a lot about how um, we obviously care about the venture. We obviously care about the idea, but more than anything, we care about that individual entrepreneur and if they're building capacity. Um, we often talk about ourselves as a leadership development organization through the lens of entrepreneurship. And for us, we think that when, when we start talking about like, what does inclusive growth look like in, um, in the future? Or what does Connecticut look like in the next 20 years? We think one of the number one priorities is cultivating new leaders, um, um, cultivating the next cohort of, of leadership in this state. 
Um, and so we're really interested in uh, Collab being a hypothesis in creating institutionalized leadership pipelines for the state. Um, and that starts with our programming, not only focusing on business development, but in tandem individual empowerment and leadership development, um, such that individuals leave our program uh, gaining both economic and political power. They feel more confident. They feel more connected. They can go on and they can pursue their venture. Or maybe in the next three or four years, they run for political office. They are higher up in another organization. That's what success looks like for us. So that's what we mean by deeper. Yeah. And truer, what we mean by that is, you know, we, in thinking about economic development, um, we feel like there's somewhat of a silo between the conversations around economic development and the conversations around sort of other basic needs in a city. Are people housed well? Do they feel like they're going to have a meal tomorrow? Do they feel like they're sending their kids to a school that will take care of them? Um, so these are all, there are a lot of different forces at play in the lives of the entrepreneurs that we work with. And we want to be an entrepreneurship support program and an economic development organization that advocates for sort of the holistic lives of these entrepreneurs with an understanding that, you know, just creating a business and creating new jobs and raising a million dollars to us isn't enough. Um, we want to think about, you know, what is it like to live in this city um, as a whole? Like, do people feel supported? Can they move from point A to point B safely and quickly and efficiently? Like, these are all questions that we want to think about. And we think that, you know, when we can have these conversations in the same room, ultimately, um, it'll lead to better outcomes in the long term and um, and, and in the short term. Well said. So, you know, again, thank you to both of you uh, for, for making the time to do this, uh, this podcast. Uh, I think people are really going to find it interesting what you guys have, what you guys have built and what you guys want to continue to build uh, in New Haven and, and, and how you're supporting Connecticut. So um, again, we will include the, your website in the uh, description of the podcast, the show notes, so people can go check that out. And, you know, hopefully we can reconnect uh, maybe next year after your one year anniversary mm -hmm. and see how the, uh, you know, maybe your winter cohort of 2019 is doing and see, you know, check in with you guys, to see, see what's what's new. But thank you again, um, you know, for everything you're doing. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Nick. Thank you, Nick. If you would like to get involved with Innovate CT, please visit our website at www.innovatect.org. There, you can find links to our social media. We currently are active on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.